as somebody said during hedgerow week what's the best kind of hedge to have it's the one you already have no matter how how poor it is it's better than a new hedge because it's it's got history it's got 200 years of undisturbed soil beneath it you know full of biodiversity full of carbon possibly plants that are there it's not all about the hedge plants so the, the existing hedges are are good but we can always improve them as fields are harvested and farmers are clearing straw the next tasks in the fields are becoming apparent Trimming hedges to ensure a safe passage for machinery and to minimise crop competition is routine on most tillage farms. Driving the country, tillage field hedgerows look more like square blocks than something nature had shaped. Overmanagement of these hedgerows is an issue with biodiversity the clear loser. You are listening to the latest episode of The Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Tillage farms are often identified as areas with low biodiversity due to the low amount of habitat or how these habitats are managed. Hedgerows are a valuable habitat which can be managed differently to enhance this biodiversity without compromising field production. With this in mind, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Catherine Keena, Countryside Management Specialist in Chagas, to chat about hedgerows and how we can actually manage them better. Catherine, tillage farmers are well known for keeping very neat hedges. Are they too neat and tidy? Possibly a little bit, Michael. I mean, every inch up and wide is a bonus for biodiversity and for climate. So the bigger, the better. It doesn't mean they all have to be big, but it would be fantastic if there could be some left up. Um, as I said, the bigger and better. The the advantage of some of them is they can be dense at the base, maybe. Um, and so just to, to let them out and up a little bit and also to leave a tree in them. Okay. And from the point of view of research, because I know there's a little bit of research done uh, around on tillage farms. How was that in terms of that research? How were the hedges on or maybe hedges and margins? How were they rated in terms of quantity and quality of which are both two very different factors on tillage farms? Yeah, I mean, the quantity, as we know, from the from the base and the eco schemes, you know, the, the, they are there. Um, now, obviously, we'd always like more, but um, I think it's the quality, it's the height and the, the variety maybe isn't quite as much there. So we would like, as I said, more. We kind of divide our hedges into two types, tree line hedges, uh, which are totally, you know, free growing into a you know, it is still a hedge, but uh, where there are, where it's never topped, and then they may be less frequent are are less frequent on tillage farms. Okay, and 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 the quality part of that. So what we're talking about there is the is the density of the different species, or or, or is it this is it yeah, that and the size no. of of it. Yes, the size. No, a species of existing, like we have nearly 700,000 kilometres of hedges in the country, and they are fantastic. As somebody said during Hedgerow Week, what's the best kind of hedge to have? It's the one you already have. No matter how how poor it is, it's better than a new hedge because it's it's got history. It's got 200 years of um, undisturbed soil beneath it, you know, full of biodiversity, full of carbon, possibly plants that are there. It's not all about the hedge plants. So the, the existing hedges are are 
good but we can always improve them and okay. then so we, therefore we don't improve them by we can't change the species in what we have so that may be relevant for new hedges but for our old hedges it's all about the size the size and yeah for the old hedges it's just about taking a little bit easier on them cutting and leaving occasional thorn trees grow up in the top hedges which is a new kind of a new idea yeah, and if we're talking about that hedge, which which probably I suppose maybe more more traditionally out there, you might see it be, I don't know, to be to be a meter high or maybe a little bit wider and 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 scarcely a meter wide, for something that you would consider relatively ideal for, you know, uh, in terms of increasing the quality and having a much better type hedge. There, how big, wide, and you already mentioned the the letting a few scocks up there to mature trees into it. But yes. What's, the, what's yeah. the size and width what's... that we're talking about? The bigger, the better, the taller, the better. But the tallness of that top hedge that has already got a dense space, the tallness of that will depend on how high your uh, hedge cutter flail will go. Because we do want, if it's a top hedge, we want to keep it as a, we keep keep it from escaping. Because I suppose the most important thing with anything to do with hedges is to understand that if you plant a new white thorn hip, a whip. All it wants to do is grow into a single tree with a, a single stem and a big canopy. So we're constantly fighting that to keep it in a hedge. And if once we understand that, anything is good. But to go back to your dense space, then we want to keep it cut. So ideally, at least one and a half meters, because we know no birds uh, nest in vegetation that's that's uh, less than that because they get attacked from above and below by predators of all sorts. Um, and but but the you know you'd like to see a variety of one and a half maybe up to three meters high that where the hedge cutter flail can still cut the top to stop it turning into trees except for the occasional tree as you mentioned. Okay, so is it as simple then? So say again, going back to that particular um, uh, square type of of, of well manicured or well cut hedges, the farmer yes. might describe it. And they're trying to, I suppose, develop it into what you were talking about, meter wide or three meters tall or whatever, the kind of the bigger yeah. nice hedge like that. Does the farmer just walk away from that for three years and as soon as it's big enough, start flailing mm. it then? Or is there is it a gradual no, process of bringing no. it up over time? It's, in, it's incremental. I suppose the first point is just to make sure that the hedge you're talking about is dense at the base, that it's not one of our mushroom or upside down toilet brush hedges, which needs to start again at the base. But assuming I think what we're talking about now is more or less a, a block of a hedge, only a small block. So to get that to a big block, it should be incremental. You know, it, wherever you cut the hedge, it'll multiply. So rather than let, if, if you let it all go in one, you'll have strings of 18 inches every year. So rather than cut the top of the 18 inches, you cut every year a little bit higher, a little bit wider. So incrementally cutting is really the way to get from a small box to a, a larger box and kind of, again, get an A-shape to it where it's relevant but and that's that's where there's already kind of growth at the base the other ones then which i'm not so sure are as common on tillage farmers is as I said the upside down toilet brush hedges where there's a stump and a fringe you know they need to be brought back to the ground before you start off on your journey of up to your you know two so three meters uh, high so that's like a kind of a circular saw type scenario zip it all down uh, right right at the very ground Yes, for the ones that have uh, have the upside down toilet brush hedge, where there's a stump at the base, the stump is not able to support a hedge long term, and that's how you how we kill a hedge by keeping flailing it without having a base underneath it. So that's your upside down toilet brush hedge. Yes, flail it, a circular saw it 
at the base as close as possible to the ground, depending on stones and wire and that. And then you'll see that if you cut back that stump, you'll get like maybe 50 sprouts and then you bring that up incrementally um, up and out. And that would be so that's ideal, you know, where you have, um, as I said, upside down toilet brush and where you have enough of them that they'll be it'll still make a good hedge. I know you mightn't be as worried about stock proof, I suppose, in your world. Um, but yeah, but I was going to that's exactly what I was going to ask you there in terms of, of that type of hedge that, you're, that you have to start again. In a scenario where um, there's plenty of, of of those to cut out of it, they'll, they'll make a perfect hedge again. But what if they're a little bit incremental along the the length of the hedge is is intersowing possible at that stage. It's, gaps. it's possible. It's always way, way, way more difficult than in, uh, with a new hedge. When we plant a new hedge, you'd have you'll have no failures if you you know follow best practice. Into an existing hedge is difficult. It's it's more likely to succeed when you are cutting back to the base because at least the light now is getting in, and uh, that's the only time I would even try. I would never try to put uh, trees into an existing hedge because it's a nightmare to get them growing. Um, but in your case, where, where you ha- are missing a few. Now, in a tillage situation, if you're not worried about stock proofness, you know, we have to keep remembering why we're cutting. If, if stock proofness isn't uh, the name of the game, you know, gaps don't matter too much. The other question to ask uh, is around the new rules around GAIC uh, or GAC rules, which are kind of linked across compliance. Uh, all yes. tillage farmers have had to have a minimum of 4% of their area, which includes the hedgerows. Um, and as part of that, there's conditions around that in terms of maintenance and cutting of those, those hedgerows. Are, are they fairly compatible with what we've been talking about so far? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And the new rule there to the landscape features is with regard to removal. I think a lot of people haven't spotted it. If you remove 100 metres of hedge now, the amount you have to plant instead is doubled. So you now have to plant 200 if you remove 100. And that's 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 the base and the your single farm payment uh, criteria. You also have to remember you do that without looking for permission. If you're removing more than 500 metres or creating a field which is more than five hectares, which is more likely to happen before the 500 metre, uh, you must look for permission. And that's from uh, that's the EIA. So there's, there's a, three things to remember if anybody's thinking of taking out a hedge. One is the, the doubling the amount you have to replant on your farm before you take it out. Secondly, check the, whether you need to get permission from an EIA. Um, so that, that they're important things just to know if you're... And sorry, the third thing was if you are... If you're planting hedges under acres, that does not count as a replacement hedge because obviously you've been paid separately for that. Okay, okay. Just I'm, I'm just I'm looking out the window and um, I'm actually baking here inside in the in the office. It's just a fabulous day outside. We're having this lovely Indian summer um, type of scenario going on here. It, just in terms of birds, and I know people can now uh, go and trim their hedges from September the first. Is there any danger in this kind of weather that birds are going to continue to be feeding young? And um, is there a danger that people will be upsetting them and maybe you should be delaying it a little bit further it's in it? I don't think for the nesting, Michael, but I suppose the it's the fruit we're removing when we're cutting hedges now. So I, in the ideal world, you would cut your hedges that have fruit in February. Now, as we know, 80, 90% of hedges are cut by contractors, so that's not practical. 
And also, I suppose the vision I would have for an intensively managed farm is that they would have a good proportion. I have we haven't said what, but a proportion of hedges that are tree line hedges, which in other words are have canopies full of fruit and flowers, and that our topped hedges will contain the occasional thorn trees, which again will be full of fruit and flowers. Um, so therefore, the body of the hedge, which is what we're trimming at this time of year. If it's been trimmed lightly every year, there's going to be no fruit and flowers on that anyway. And just mentioning the contractors, is there, you know, a farmer probably has to try and educate their their, their contractor in terms of the new way that hedges should be cut or, or you know, lightly trimmed. Yeah. Is there is there is there a best way of going about that 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 we could give tips to some to some listeners on? Communication. Francis Quigley, our machinery specialist, now has been saying at all our events talk to the contractor they can't be you know they don't know what you want and uh, and in general all the contractors that we speak to you're paying them they will do anything you want but they don't, can't read your mind um so you know even we've had examples this week where i mightn't have said exactly what i wanted and you know we didn't get it so but we have fabulous examples we were getting them all just to leave the new the new um shrub in the hedge to grow up because farmers and advisors say to me i don't have a thorn tree to leave every hedge has a thorn tree to leave but it's only a little whip is what the the contractor was leaving during this week in our in our demonstrations and you know it need you need to see it so the contractors need to see and understand but it's all about communication they can't know and by next year they need to be reminded again where that whip is because the hedge will have almost grown up around it in the first year um, so it needs to be marked. So it's all about communication, Michael. They will do or they should do. And I've never met a contractor who won't do what you're paying them to do. Is there any particular resources, a good video that we could um, recommend to farmers that they could just show on their mobile phone to the contractor to say, this is what I'm after? Yes, we have a video on leaving a new thorn in a top hedge um, from a previous year. So they are all there on our website, um, particularly for derogation farmers. Again, that may not be tillage because derogation farmers must manage their hedges um, either, you know, cutting every three year cycle or leaving a thorn tree. So they, they were the ones we were targeting, particularly with that video. Um, so, yeah, maybe we need to do more again, Michael. I will concentrate this year actually on the planting because there's about 5,000 farmers going to plant uh, 2,000 kilometres of hedges this winter under acres. And I'm sure some of them are tillage farmers. So that that was our, our big focus at the minute is getting farmers to, to decide which type of hedge to plant, whether they're planting the top hedge and the tr- or the tree line hedge and manage accordingly. Too many people plant a hedge don't manage it at the base to create that dense space. And then when it comes to the top of the wire, it's a single stem and they top it and it turns into your upside down toilet brush hedge, which is an absolute shame for a new hedge to go the wrong way. And in terms of good advice around that, um, is it a case where um, when you're planting that hedge, do you need to uh, put some some uh, uh, like a, a, a weed barrier down underneath those or can farmers get away with that? Can we get away with not doing that? Well, again, the question back to you is which hedge are you talking about? Totally different. If it's a topped hedge, yes. If it's a tree line hedge, you do nothing and you let it up naturally. Let it, you know, escape into a tree line hedge. And then provided it's never topped 
And not everybody needs a stockproof hedge. So we have two videos out today on how to uh, how to plant a tree tree line hedge and how to plant a topped hedge. And I don't mind. I want both, as I say. So the the topped hedge will absolutely have to have a barrier. The the simplest is the compostable film. Um, where you know you can use bark mulch. We're trying sheep's wool. Uh, the sheep farmers were interested in trying that out. Anything that blocks the light will work. But the one that works for everybody is the compostable film when you're cutting it down and then you have the the, the dense space because instead of one stem then growing up into a single tree, you've multiplied it by five. We'll come back next year, cut those back down again all to wherever we want them to bush, which will be a couple of inches above the previous cut. Then we'll have 25 and the third year we'll have do your mats five by 125 and that's what we want for the top edge a really really dense space and that will only I would only ever prune um, at ground level if you're putting down the compostable film. So Catherine is there anywhere that people can actually find those videos that we were talking about a few minutes ago? Yeah just google Chagask um, farmland habitats and you will come to those videos. And the last chance for anybody in Cork tomorrow, uh, the last Hedgerow Week event where we're uh, talking about these new hedges is in Chagaskin Curtains Farm at 11 o'clock. So all are welcome. Catherine, thanks very much for your time. Uh, I know you have a very busy week. You have a huge amount of events on. Thank you very much for your time. And we'll be talking to you again. You're more than welcome. Thanks, Michael. So that's it for this week. And my thanks to Catherine for joining me on the show. Just remember, tomorrow, Friday, September the 8th, we have the Crops Forum in the Killishie Hotel in Nace. We'll cover a number of topics, including new varieties, agronomy for the autumn, the new macro climate change model for tillage, and also, most importantly, a discussion forum with stakeholders around the future of the industry. Everyone is welcome to this, and it's a perfect opportunity to get your say on how the tillage industry should be shaped. Another day for your diary is a farm walk we've organised on Don Summers Farm, not too far away from Enniscorty, on Thursday, September 14th at 10.30am. Don is participating in the Signpost Farm programme and is carrying out some very interesting and effective methods to improve nutrient efficiency on his soils, as well as improving water quality and also the use of precision technology. Please come along, it's free to everyone to attend. So finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast and recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate, review and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chargers.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.